Hey Ben. Hey Zach, how you doing man? Good. Can you hear me perfectly? I can hear you perfectly. Oh dude, is that a dress shirt? It's a golf shirt, you like it? It is beautiful, look at that, eh? Wow. Thanks, it's pretty sick. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry this is taking so long to get together, but I uh, appreciate you having me. No problem, thanks for joining on here. It's been an uh, interesting ride, eh, this year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No pun sure. intended. No kidding. <laughs> How was your day today? It was good, yeah. My, my horse was actually just shipped out to uh, Lexington, Kentucky uh, yesterday morning. So I've had a free day and I went golfing with my dad. It was fun. And where are you right now? I'm still in California. California, nice. Yeah, yeah, just near Palm Springs. Beautiful. Any plans to come to Canada soon? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be coming back there at the end of May, be there the first June or so. Oh, sweet. Yeah. You probably miss Alberta, hey? Yeah, I miss home for sure. Yeah. Parts of it. Not the cold? Exactly. Yeah. No, no, not so much the cold. How was your game today? Did you win? Uh, the tops beat me by like one stroke. So it's, it's all right though. Yeah. will <laughs> get them next time. Next time. Yeah. yeah. So, hey man, just for the listeners, I was curious to know, what's your story and how did you find this passion for horses and obviously what you do now on an international level? Sure. So, I mean, the passion for the horses started a long time ago. Um, my family's been involved in the horse industry for quite some time. Uh, my, my grandparents were pioneers of the sport and, you know, developed Spruce Meadows over a long period of time, which is now one of the best uh, show jumping facilities in the world. Um, they wanted to bring an unlikely sport to an unlikely place, being Calgary. And my mother was always a, an avid lover of the horses. And uh, my mom and my aunt, uh, they grew up riding and being surrounded by, you know, fantastic uh, mentors um, and, and horsewomen and, and horsemen. Um, and then also my father was a international uh, competitor as well, represented Canada at two Olympic Games. Um, so just from, you know, the first days that I can remember, I've always had a passion for the horses. I've always loved the animal. Um, you know, my first memories of them is going and doing, you know, night check with my dad at the at the bottom of our stable and, you know, feeding the horses some carrots and checking in on them at night. And, you know, it's just like one of my first memories of it. And, you know, I just always loved the, loved the animals. Never really fell in love with the sport until I was, I don't know, probably 10 or 12 even. Um, was way more interested in playing, you know, soccer or volleyball, football, a uh, bunch of team sports. Uh, but then really kind of caught the competitive bug for the sport when I was around, you know, 10 or 12, and then just took off from there. Was it tough for you to go from a team sport to a solo competition? Yeah, I mean, there's there's some challenges to that. Uh, I really enjoy team sports. I enjoy the camaraderie, you know, um, helping one another out. But there's also a, uh, an element of, you know, competing on your own and knowing that, you know, it's just you and your horse and there's, you know, you can't blame anybody else. And that's, that's kind of a nice element uh, to the whole sport is, you know, just, just knowing that it's, you're out there, you have to be perfect for about 75 seconds, 80 seconds, even though you train for six, seven hours a day, six times a week, when it comes down to it, it's really just you know, 75 seconds in the ring that you got to put everything together. 
um, both yourself and your horse have to be, you know, right on top of your game. And, and I've always just enjoyed that, that challenge. No, of course. Now, was this sport popular before Spruce Meadows? I would say that it, it definitely had a presence, um, but within North America, it was, it was not very popular. Uh, the sport was at that time, I think it was still big in Europe and there was uh, lots of competitions going on in Europe and, but in North America, there wasn't such a high level of competition. And I really think that Spruce Meadows was the catalyst yeah. to really get that sport, uh, the same level of sport that they had in Europe here in North America. Good Lord, imagine like what your grandparents had to do because there's no technology then. <laughs> it was just... Yeah, no, I, and I, I think it was, you know, for them it was also, they developed a place that, you know, the community and uh, all, every people, even if you didn't ride, you know, you can come out and enjoy the grounds there. You know, people like to just bring their kids with a picnic lunch and sit down the berm and, you know, watch the derby go at Spruce Meadows. And I think that's a really special element of Spruce as well. It's just, you know, it's not all about sport. There's something kind of for everybody. Um, you know, whether the, the kids are interested in the horses, you know, they've got the military there to showcase, you know, the, the tanks and they've got the dogs jumping and they've got the firefights. And there's just something for everyone. And now soccer. And, and now soccer. Yeah. So it's... That's also a, a really cool new initiative that they've oh, absolutely. Yeah. What were some of the lessons that you learned from your grandparents, from your mom's side, Spruce Meadows? Uh, there's a lot of lessons that I learned from them. <laughs> um, you know, my grandfather was a tremendous man. Uh, had, um, he was a man of his word, you know, he, and his, and his drive was something that they really looked up to. I mean, he didn't stop at anything until it was done just the way that he wanted it to be done. And that search for excellence and perfection was a huge, um, motivator for me. And for my grandmother, um, yeah, she's definitely my, the most favorite person for me in the world. Um, I think, I, I think, Think the world of her she's such a humble both of them were uh, my grandfather's passed away but um both my grandfather and my grandmother uh, for how much success that they had they're incredibly humble people um you know and it didn't matter if there was somebody you know cleaning up the sidewalk where the horse manure was like they would stop and they'd have a conversation with anybody that was on the grounds and just wanted to know about their day and how they enjoyed spruce meadows and if there was something that they could fix and i know that their slogan was you know come to spruce meadow the spruce meadows the coffee pots is always on so um yeah um my grandmother was also very competitive. You know, she played a lot of team sports as a kid and into her university days. Um, she represented the oldest basketball team in the world at the Masters in Edmonton with, with, a, bunch, with, a, with a bunch of her high school and university basketball friends. Um, and she just loves the sport. She loves any type of sport. Um, she loves the competitiveness and, and the will to win. And I think those are all all different types, you know, being humble, being committed, uh, dedicated, um, and loyal. Uh, those are all, you know, really important lessons that I learned from both my grandparents. No, of course. It's really cool to see, like, 
you know, when you look at lineage and say, oh, what did grandparents teach you? And then, you know, what parents learned from that and how what you've learned now from your mom and dad just sure. to apply to what you do and, and just in life in general. Was there a moment in your t life where you said, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Is this the right sport for me? Yeah, yeah, there definitely was. Um, I've sustained quite a few injuries over yeah. my career in show jumping. <laughs> A few years ago on Instagram, there was a picture of you, I remember, uh, you were on a couch, I think, and you had your leg up. Mm -hmm. What happened there? Oh, I've had uh, four knee surgeries, uh, ACL, meniscus, I've shattered my ankle and had to get it, you know, um, screwed together. I've had a reconstructive shoulder surgery. Last year, I, I uh, had to get four pins put into my thumb and my hand to pop my thumb joint out. Um, but I never, even through all those injuries, I never lost love for the sport at all. Um, there was definitely times where I was a bit, um, a bit tentative or a bit uh, fearful in a way to get back on. Yeah, a bit careful and and also just you know a realization that it takes a lot. To, it's one thing to reach the top level of sport, it's another thing to stay at the top of the level of sport. Um, and I think that goes for any athlete. Um, you know, consistency is just one of the hardest things to achieve. And, uh, but that's, I've always just enjoyed the challenge of that. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky I have great family behind me. Um, I'm lucky enough to have, you know, good financial background to, to help what I do. I've got great sponsors, I have nice horses to ride. Um, and I have a passion and a drive for the sport, so I think all those things combined uh, are the right ingredients to stay at the top of the sport, and that's and that's my goal. When you're all these magnificent animals, and they're jumping and running at the speed and whatnot, how do you stay active and stay fit to be able to handle such a a, a creature? Yeah. Sure, it's I mean. Yeah, I think it is really important that, you know, riders stay fit and nimble and, and flexibility, I think, would be a huge component of it. Um, I I think if you're doing it professionally, I mean, you're, you're riding a lot during the day and throughout the week, um, which burns a lot of calories on its own. Um, but I also try to do, you know, with, especially with the injuries that I've had, a lot of physio, uh, make sure that they, my surrounding muscles, because, you know, if you work those same muscles that you use to ride, uh, you don't really, you kind of, lose track of all the other muscles to help support that. So, um, I think, you know, I, I like to cross train a little bit, um, in the down season, I like to do a little bit of weight weights and weightlifting and just get a little bit stronger because I know that when the season starts, I start to lean out a little bit anyways. Um, during the circuit, I wouldn't go to big weights, more just kind of body weight stuff and flexibility, doing some yoga. Um, for me, uh, the, I, I really enjoy uh, meditation. I know that's not a, so much of a physical uh, physiotherapy, but uh, I really enjoy the, the mental side of it as well. What do you do to get yourself into the zone? Or train every day, I guess, even, you know? Yeah, yeah. To train, um, you know, I, I just like working with the horses, and it's it's a tough it's a tough sport in that in that sense because there's so many things that could go wrong. There's so many uh, variables that you can't really control. You know, a horse can be you know step their own way and hurt itself right before the competition. You know, you could lose a shoe, 
yourself, you, the rider can get hurt. There's just so many things that can go wrong. But if you just try to stay in the moment and, and enjoy, you know, the whole process of what you're doing and working with the animal, um, not much can go wrong. And for sure, you can mess up to make a big mistake here and there. But um, I, yeah, I, I just really love the, the process. And then to get ready and into the zone for me, um, you know, when there's a big Grand Prix on the weekend, you can feel that type of, like, just energy. You know, all the riders are waiting to walk the course. They're a little bit, you know, everybody's a little bit tense and everybody deals with it in their own way. But you can kind of feel that that atmosphere. And, and I love that. Once once I feel that, then it's sure you got like the butterflies in your stomach and you're a little bit nervous but I love that challenge of just trying to you know put those feelings aside and just living in the moment and trying to do exactly what you want to do at that time oh, super cool man and how do you meditate and what do you do exactly to meditate um, usually like before a big competition I'll just try to find a quiet spot close my eyes um, and just try to be at peace with things you know when you're thinking about everything and you kind of get a bit stressed and oh what am I going to do here or am I on time or you know are my boots you know shiny enough or did I did I calculate the time for the horse to be at the ring at the right you know the right time um, there's a bunch of things that you're thinking about and I just love to take you know even just if it's five minutes just to try to close my eyes be separated from anyone and just try to you know come back down to earth and just you know the only spot that I am is where my shoes are you know, standing on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Have you done some breathing exercises before? To turn, calm the yeah. 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 So I always, before I go in the ring, I always take three deep breaths. I always force myself. Like it doesn't take very long. It's maximum 10 seconds, you know, to take three really deep breaths. And I really feel like that's my kind of routine. And that's, that kind of puts me in the, in the zone of what I need to do. So I do those three deep breaths and my body kind of knows exactly what it has to do. Yeah, or try to. <laughs> Doesn't always work. No. <laughs> you know, this is a passion that's also become a, a competition for you. Mm -hmm. When you don't achieve what you wanted to achieve, how do you handle it? Because I'm sure there are times where, you know, it's, we, we take it hard on ourselves. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, sometimes they're better than others. Um, I can be pretty hard on myself, um, especially because there's just, you know, it's an individual sport, but there are so many people behind you that are working, you know, their tails off to help you succeed. And so when it just comes down to you and you've got to put everything together for those 75 seconds, you can put a lot of pressure on yourself, but it's not so much putting pressure on yourself, but for me, it's more that I want to, you know, having success in the ring is more like a reward for my entire team that's behind me, you know, for all their hard work. You know, you have vets and you have farriers and you have grooms and you have trainers and you have, you know, financial supporters and you have sponsors and all those things. They're all behind you in the ring. They're all rooting for you. And that's why, you know, sometimes I'll be a little bit tough on myself if I make a silly mistake here and there, which is prone to happen to anyone, no matter how good they are. Um, but it's not so much that I get angry at myself. It's more that I've, I don't want to let anyone else down. Yeah. You know, when we say we're in a race right now, we're jumping over hurdles and we knock a few down, I think it affects our mind, right? Yeah. Even though you're running and you're trying to get to that finish line. Exactly. Versus a person yeah. that's just going straight through all the, or jumping over each hurdle and not doing anything and they're just flying through. When you knock one or two down on the, on the sticks, 
does that affect your mind right away? You're like, shit. And then it's that trifecta or domino effect where you keep hitting a few more again like that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's that, that's what's kind of tough about show jumping. You know, compare it to like another a team sport or something, or even golf. You know, you, even golf is an individual sport, but you can have one bat shot. You know, if you if you mess up the shot on on hole three, you know, you still can salvage it, make par, and then continue down the course and and do well. Whereas you know, you walk into a Grand Prix and you back the first fence out of the way. It's a long ways around after that, and there's no coming back. You know, you're you're completely eliminated yourself from the jump off. So that's that's kind of the tough thing about the sport too. Is there's the margin of error is so small um, in those 75 seconds. Um, but and for sure, it'll affect me uh, if I knock a couple rails down early. You're like, uh, oh, come on, like what what did I do? But it's also very important that you stay focused on the plan because it's it is dangerous as well you know and, and you're working with a huge animal and the animal has to know or the horse needs to know that you're there with them and you're committed to the rest of this course you know and that you're going to give them confidence as well if you're just kind of you knock a couple out of the way and then your mind kind of waters off mm -hmm. and saying like oh why did i do that then you then you leave yourself kind of more room to make a bigger mistake later on so i think it's important to hold that focus for sure does the animals know when they're on the field that it's go time usually i yeah i firmly believe that yeah. especially especially with you know these horses at the top of the level they know exactly when they need to shine you know and and they can I, I they can feel our nerves you know i think that i think that they really feel that type of energy they know when it means a lot because the riders are a little bit more like you know they're intense and um, yeah and i think that's what makes a great horse at the end of the day is a horse that you know kind of understands those specific moments of the importance yeah. do you see have you had a horse that you've had to retire and you just don't want to let him go? You're like, I love you. I don't want to let yeah. you go. Yeah, for sure. I would, I would hands down say McAvoy. Um, McAvoy was a horse that I campaigned for um, six or seven years myself. My, my father kind of helped produce him as a eight-year-old to a 10-year-old. Um, and I still to this day, I, I really believe that during that time that he was competing, I, th I think he was one one of the best horses in Canada. And um, you know, he was carrying around an inexperienced, uh, talented but very inexperienced rider, being myself. And um, there's there's lots of times where I think back that you know I I wish I had him now. You know, when I when I know a little bit more. Um, would have done a few things a little bit differently, but he was just a brilliant horse and, and really made my mark um, on the international stage of show jumping. Uh, you know, represented Canada at the Nations Cup at Spruce Meadows and the Masters, was one of only two double clears. You know, we won the Nations Cup there on home turf. That was definitely one of the most memorable experiences I've ever had. And he took me all across the world. We did Nations Cup finals in Barcelona. Um, jumped in Hawkins in Germany, um, and he, yeah, and that horse knew too. You know, he wasn't a, he wasn't a very big horse himself. It's probably sixteen hands, just you know, quite a, quite a small horse for, for that for that level. Um, but as soon as he walked into a big ring, you could just feel him grow. He knew when it meant something, and 
it was just one, it was a horse that would really, really fight for you. And, and, uh, yeah, we had a great partnership. We had a great career together. Uh, lots of ups and downs, but it was all worth it. Is he still at the stable now? Or? Yeah, for sure. He's, he's, he's the king of the stable. Um, he's, he's been let down a little bit now. He, uh, he still has his own spot in the stable, but he gets to get turned out every morning. Uh, gets a nice big paddock to himself. Comes in for lunchtime and goes back out in the afternoon and comes back in for dinner to sleep. Living the life now, eh? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. You know, you're, you've been so admirable with your branding then, like your hat and everything you're doing. Is that a common thing in your industry to see or in your sport? I think it's starting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think that a lot of the younger generation of the sport are, you know, trying to make it more accessible for people and trying to get their brands out there and, and make it a bit more of a, an exciting thing for people to watch too. And, um, uh, one of my best friends, uh, childhood friend, Connor Charlton, um, he actually helped me design my logo and, uh, yeah, I love it. And, and it's, it's my brand and it, you know, it represents numerous different things and teamwork and dedication and, uh, yeah, I just uh, think it's important too, you know, like especially from coming from where I did, you know, obviously Spruce Meadows is a very large brand and those are, those are big shoes to fill and I, I wanted something that I could call my own and try to build myself a little bit too, so that's why I kind of came out with, a, with my own branding and what I'm about and what I represent and yeah, so oh, it's, I love it. it's still, a, still a work in the progress, but I appreciate it, yeah. Well, let me know when. I'll have to buy a few hats. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. So, a quick question before we go is, how do you, how do the young people, or I guess millennials, start falling in love with the sport? Because most people talk about hockey, football, I guess in Calgary sure. now, soccer. It's primarily an older sport, right? Yeah. When you're in, how do we yeah. find a way to get younger people to come out and check it out? think that um, I think at first it has to start from those from the horses if mm-hmm. you, you know you have you have to love the animal um, and you've got to be willing to you know there's a lot of time involved in the in the sport it's very time consuming um, but I think that we just keep reaching out uh, I think that the young people in the sport right now are doing a great job of trying to market the sport through social media platforms and whatnot and I think we just we We've been working on it for the past, you know, 10, 20 years and just trying to make it more accessible to people, you know, and, and to do that, we need more riding schools. We need to make it more affordable for people to, to start. Um, and, we, and, you know, and to, for professionals to give back a little bit too, you know, like when, when you make it to that level, you know, in the downtime, you know, take do a few clinics for, for some young people and, and try to get people, you know, there's a lot of people that are followed through Instagram and they have tons of fans and whatnot. And that makes people's days. You know, if you take three days out of your your month just to, to go and do a, a clinic at a pony club or um, at, a, at a beginning riding school or whatever, just, you know, try to get those kids motivated and, and try to find that drive. And I think that's, that's our job as, as young professionals to really try to, make a catalyst there yeah in your i guess who was somebody that was inspirational to you in your industry like someone you're like wow i want to be like that jumper or was there no one 
few thoughts. It's just hard to pick it down to one. Oh, let's say a few. Let's say a few. <laughs> okay. Um, for me, to be honest, my my dad had to be one of my my biggest mentors. Like he he trained he trained me for the majority of my career. Mm -hmm. um, he had such a love for the horses and such a passion for the horses, and that was something I really looked up to. He always did what was right for the horse. Never tried to put them in a situation where. You know they were they were in a bad spot, and he had a significant amount of drive and determination to be at the top of the sport. You know his his first time competing on a Nations Cup event and a team event where you actually go as, as, in your country was the Olympic Games in Sydney. So he had never actually competed in a Nations Cup until the Olympic Games in two thousand, and and he was forty years old and he had been working as a professional in the industry since he was eighteen. So. Oh. It's like 22 years later after he turned professional and still striving and, and making it to the games, which I think is a huge story in its own, you know, just having that drive and never giving up. And um, I think that that's something that, you know, anybody can learn from. It's just, and that's what it takes is that perseverance. Um, you, you might think you're really close some, sometimes, but the sport has a very easy way of knocking you back down and, and keeping you humble. You go, you go from zero to zero really quickly. You have a quote here. It says, "Ride the course you're riding, ride the course you're on." Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, so, so, ride, ride the horse you're. Yeah, ride the course you're riding. Ride the horse you're on. So, when you walk a course, um, there's there can be three, four, five, six, seven different plans that you, that you can execute the course. Um, have to kind of separate all the other courses that you've jumped, really focus on the plan, uh, develop a plan, and then try to execute it. But then you also have to realize that every horse is a bit different. Their stride might be a bit bigger, their stride might be a bit smaller. They might have, you know, they might get a little more anxious towards the ends of, end of the course, or they might be a little bit apprehensive during the beginning of the course. And just because you've walked a plan and you want to execute that, you also have to listen to the horse that you're sitting on because they're all so different and you have to try to adapt to those situations and be flexible within your plan. You know, for sure, try to execute plan A, but if something goes a little bit off, you know, you have to be adaptable to just, you know, change up your plan a little bit and then help your horse out. Don't just say, I have to do it this way. Appreciate that. Now, if you're going to leave the kids, the young kids listening to this with something, what is uh, some inspiring words from Ben Aslan? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I got myself into that, that situation, <laughs> but um, I would say, honestly, just, just love the process. It, there's so many frustrating moments in the sport, in any sport, and there's going to be times where you just want to give up. but. I think the more that you just commit yourself to doing the best job that you can and loving your horse and doing things properly and focusing on the basics, you're going to get to where you want to be. And I would just say, you know, don't get scared, don't get frustrated. You're going to lose a lot more than you're going to win. And so just really try to enjoy the moments that you do really well and try to move on from the moments that you don't as quickly as possible and try to get to the next day. Thanks, brother, for this. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. I really appreciate having me. Yeah, it was, it was great.